Quaffing port. Repent. The end is nigh. The pale horse of death rears its unfeeling head and beckons forth the end of days. Time is a flat circle. Soon there will be no port on earth left to off. I am become death, destroyer of worlds. If God meant to interfere in the degeneracy of mankind, would he not have done so by now? The Apocalypse Hello Sam, and thank you everybody for joining us tonight for another episode of Quaffing Ports. This week our topic is the end of the world, it's the end times, the end is nigh, here comes the big uh, smudge of death to wipe us all away from the snotty nose of life. Uh, we're talking about the end of the world, uh, the apocalypse. Um, what are some other words for us, Sam? Well, you got Ragnarok. Um, That's a cool one. That You could name an album after one. that one. There's probably been several. Yeah. Oh, there's definitely been loads. Well, I'm sat here wrapped in my um, tinfoil blanket in my bunker. I've got my, my bottle of beetle juice that I'm sipping on i'm i'm warm boiling my own piss in a stove over the fire and i gotta say <laughs> it's more comfortable than i than i thought it would be i've grown to adapt to my to my circumstance i however have been taking a slightly different approach i've been wrangling rats and and breeding them to enormous sizes to act as both hunting pack animals food companionship transport all the all the basic needs that i have are now met by abnormally sized rats uh of varying intelligences and uh hair coverings so i i've i've got the uh slightly slightly more full on apocalypse version but uh, sam's taken the taken the the quieter option the the more reserved well, no, I, I, introverted option i'm going to say that does reflect i think our actual personalities me as as a more introverted person i hide away in my little burrow with my snacks and my uh, dvd box sets of fraser where if you <laughs> want to uh, go out and meet as many people you want to go out and explore and you have you've created uh, a new society of mutated rat uh, people with which to do that so i feel like yeah that's good but you can pick me up on the way, on the way, on your way, ravaging the planet. My carpet of rats. Your carpet of rats. I'd, I'd be happy to, to just come out for a day and, uh, you know, see the sights before uh, scuttling back into my crevice. It's the rapture, Shauna. The rapture. The virtuous have gone to heaven, and the rest of us have been left below. <gasps> left below. So we talk about the apocalypse. I think we've probably mentioned some sort of apocalyptic event or post-apocalyptic society quite a few times uh, over the course of our, must our be sh pretty much every ep Maybe episode. Yeah, that haven't had us talk about after the apocalypse. Yeah, and I think um, it's it's such a pervasive thing in popular culture. Um, I mean, throughout my entire life, I've watched films and played video games and read books, all of which were set in some sort of post-apocalyptic world um, after some kind of event, whether it be like a natural event or a supernatural event or, you know, any kind of like cataclysm that would wipe out humans as we know it and destroy our society, reducing us down to some sort of tribe or uh, maybe some kind of ultra-insulated society. Uh, for example, like in the film uh, Logan's Run, uh, which is an excellent sci-fi film, but it's all it's all over the place, you know, and I think it's worth taking a step back and, and looking at all these different post-apocalyptic stories or stories about the apocalypse and trying to figure out, you know, why are we so obsessed with the apocalypse? Why are we so fixated on the end of the world? And what is it that really appeals to us so much about that? Um, and that's what this episode is, is going to be all about. Yeah, and um, interesting um, that you mentioned uh, the amount of popular culture that contains that. Um, I think one of the earliest recorded 
popular novels was Mary Shelley's The Last Man from uh, 1826, I think, which is set in 2073 after a plague that originates in Asia, spreads across the globe and uh, wipes out most of humanity. And it tells the tale of a group of protagonists who try to escape to Greece um, because they think that the virus won't die along the way. It ends in a sort of a horrible, bleak and hopeless tragedy. Uh, But this rocked the scene back uh, back in the day because... um, Again, just to the sheer hopelessness of it, there was no. It's an apocalyptic tale which didn't have a divine intervention. People weren't raised up to heaven at the end of it. It was like you know, it was a world that had been abandoned by God, um, which is you know in keeping with the the recent enlightenment and the secularization of uh, society, specifically you know Western society by that point. But uh, yeah, you know, it's it just shows that it shows again a far more bleak image of a world where again people have been talking about. Um, disasters you know, like Noah's floods and there's of course um Ragnarok and there is um you know, the second coming of, of Christ and, and revelations etc and the, the the um the overall end of the world as um foretold in in the bible but again they they always have some sort of greater um divine intervention that that happens then and it's not just that you know we as a species have been abandoned by god yeah it's it's an interesting point actually because whilst God and the Bible uh, are some of the earliest and probably most influential in our culture depictions of the apocalypse. I think that's even where we get the word from um, when dis- as described in the Bible. There is obviously the caveat to it that it's not the end of the world for everyone in that the faithful and the good will get to go up to heaven during the rapture and they will be spared. You know, they can live in eternal bliss and, you know, they get to die and go to heaven, whereas... Um, the people who are bad and, and don't believe in God and, and naughty like you and I, uh, we would either be left behind, such as in the uh, brilliant Nicolas Cage film Left Behind, or um, potentially just, just straight up killed on the spot, uh, depending on who you ask. Um, there's, there's some there's some great um, depictions of it. And, I mean, The Simpsons, I think, does it at one point. Um, yeah, that's a really There's an episode where the, there's a rapture episode of yeah, that. Yeah, that is a good one. Oh, we slept right through church. Eh, not the end of the world. It's a very popular kind of trope for television uh, shows, the rapture. Um, it's it's an easy kind of 30-minute episode, isn't it, uh, to, to throw a story at it. And it's just been used and reused so many times that we're almost, like, numb to it. It's, it's like a, a cliche. And the story that you described by Mary Shelley, I think, I feel like I've... Never heard of that story before. Like, I didn't know that Mary Shelley had written that story, but I definitely have heard that exact plot described by hundreds of different stories, Hollywood movies, video games, you name it. You know, there's, there's a Yeah, I've seen it a thousand dozen. times. Yeah, you know, I imagine it might. I mean, it's probably, I hear it's very good. I only learned about this book today as I was looking into this kind of thing, but I imagine you could probably... No, 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 Sam. You, you knew it as from esteem- your vast literary knowledge, which is what qualifies you as such an excellent and esteemed speaker on this podcast. That's, you, that's perfectly you, true. I, I, I don't know what you've I You've got to keep the veil up. It was the... It, it was the, the, the the rat piss smoothie that's got got to my brain um, earlier today. Uh, There's yeah, a crack yeah, no. in your bunker. The radiation is leaking in. <laughs> I was in my in my my one uh, treasures that I managed to take with me. In my bunker is my enormous library. Uh, <laughs> my <I'm>, enormous. <laughs> I've just moved it. <laughs> it's just full of anime, uh, porn, manga, porn, whatever. Into <laughs> my comics, yeah. <laughs> Please step into my library. <laughs> just lying to I like the fact that not just having a hentai library, but having a hentai bunker. <laughs> it's just like to protect it from like any potential like danger. I'm not doing anything during the day, so I'm definitely going to be smacking off. You know, if I'm yeah, no windows bunker. for people to watch. Well, what am I going to do? You know, um, just just crank it to Mary Shelley's The Last Man. You know, that's exactly. Gonna... You know, it's. I think there's a. You know, there's a bit of a je ne sais quoi about. Uh, you know, jerking off to a, a book. It's kind of lost on today's youth. I think. Now I, that the I, internet there is, a, is a point, uh, so prolific. I think in. Um, it might be Matthew McConaughey's autobiography where he talks about an experience as a child, um, masturbating in a bath to Byron poetry. Really, I mean that. Yeah. That's Which that is... sounds totally believable. That's I. I totally would believe that he. That he would do that, yeah. All right, all right, all right. Michael McConaughey. 
Uh, yeah. Matthew McGonaghy. I don't actually know how to pronounce his last name. I probably do it differently it's, every time it's I say it. McGonagoghy. McGonagall. It's from the Irish. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mr. McGonagall. <laughs> oh, what are you doing in the bathroom? Matthew? Oh, I was just masturbating. Oh, okay. But yeah, no, it's it's a familiar thing that we, that we've seen with with, the, with Mary Show's thing, and I just say we are completely numb to the idea of the world just completely collapsing. You know, God has died. God is dead. We have killed him. The world has been abandoned, and we will all be left to fend for ourselves. That's a concept that you know most you know kids and adults are perfectly comfortable with. But you know, again, a couple hundred years ago, that was unthinkable and you know we definitely have become a bit more apocalyptic as a as a society i feel like we, we've been we're being not deliberately but we've been more conditioned to accept apocalyptic events uh just as um you know again following the world wars and things like that i feel like we do have we have become a little more numb to these uh to, to these concepts um, yeah, there's even like different genres of apocalypse, isn't there? There's the kind of nuclear apocalypse. There's the zombie apocalypse. There's like the alien apocalypse. There's the religious kind of apocalypse. Although that's not really shown as many as much in films. Um, there are but there's still still present straight to DVD. The Kevin Sorbo esque ones. Uh, you know, it's just like a, the Christian film genre. I feel like we should we should probably look into those at some point for um for an episode. Yeah, let's make a note of that. But yeah, I, I used to love zombie movies and I would always watch them. But thinking about that, it's like it very much shows the kind of way that it's been accepted into into popular culture, the apocalypse. And you know, zombie movies are probably one of the most generic versions of that story. But it always it always kind of follows the same beats. But you've got something which turns people into mindless eating machines that just go around consuming constantly. Um, and it's called capitalism. Uh, <laughs> it's not related to zombie movies at all, but um, I just thought I would uh, mention that. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but like that kind of unconscious fear that at some point we're going to be thrust into a scenario where we either have to kill or eat other people to survive. You know, there is some sort of undercurrent to, to the world. And like you say, we, we seem to be getting more anxious about it or at least more conditioned to it, that the world is not sustainable and that we, we will at some point, maybe in our lifetime, maybe in the next lifetime of our children, be forced into that kind of post-apocalyptic scenario. And at the moment, the, the biggest, I think, on the horizon for us is, um, is the climate crisis. You know, we're, we're currently living through an extinction. Just just moments ago, before the podcast started, I googled uh, what extinction are we in currently, <laughs> and uh, we're in number six, boys and girls. So, fucking people who've already built bunkers, good for you. People who haven't built them yet, probably too late. Um, but that the, the mass extinction of life on this earth has has been a, a developing trend since since day one, and this is we're living through the sixth one right now. Yeah, but fortunately, that's less of an extinction of humanity and more of an extinction of everything else by humanity. <laughs> so don't worry, guys, we're going to be fine. Yeah, we're on the good. We're on the right we're side of right history side this of time. <laughs> it's either extinct or be the extinctor. That's exactly. You know, it's there is Darwinism. no in between. You know what? If those yeah. those frogs should have evolved um, Tesco's. It's like either die extinct or live long enough to see yourself become. The extinctinator. That's exactly the, it, yeah. If, if only there was a word for someone who exterminated things. Um, yeah. I don't know. Term and terminatrix? <laughs> I think that's the one. Yeah. Damn, wouldn't that be good? That'd be such a good movie if it's just some, like, dumb robot that comes down to, like, you know... Fuck you. That'd be good. <laughs> Isn't that the Terminator 3? Isn't that the plot of Terminator 3? I've not seen Terminator 3, actually. I saw it's shite. Don't watch it. Okay. But the, the Terminator in it is a woman, so you, you might get something out of that. I don't know. Writing that down. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> extinction events are... It's, natural, it's a natural part of evolution, a part of life. You wouldn't have had... For example, humanity would not have um, had its chance to, um, to evolve without the Cretaceous extinction about 66 million years ago no without that there'd be absolutely there'd be no tescos and there'd be no <laughs> nuclear bombs i mean think of a world <laughs> can you imagine it? could you imagine, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> huh? 
I know, it's that? like the yeah. uh, the Simpsons where um, Lionel Hurts is like, could you imagine a world, a world without lawyers? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like singing and holding hands, but it would just be the animals instead of like the humans. Like, but then those animals would be subjected to. Yeah, some other form of extinction. Again, that's, that's a very... Um... If we could go down the Werner Herzog misery route again, we'll, we'll, we, we did that already. We would, would have been there, yeah, that, that's true. But again, the, the, the thing is that that was... That you, you couldn't be solved. The dinosaurs couldn't have uh, hired a bunch of miners to go into a shuttle and blast them into... Blast Bruce Willis into a rocket or whatever happens in the in the film Armageddon. Yeah, I've not watched oh, it I've not watched it either, uh, but I've seen, <laughs> seen where Liv Tyler's like, crying, like, Daddy, don't go and blast yourself into an asteroid. And he's like, I've got to go and blast myself into an asteroid to save the world. I remember uh, either the Nicolas Cage or Kenner Reed being in that. <laughs> I it's, uh, no, I, it's, yeah. what, it's your generic impression now. It's just it's That's formed like an, to be everyone, impression what of everyone. Bruce, what does he even sound like? A know. very tired, bad actor. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, the dinosaurs couldn't do that, and they couldn't survive. Um, you know what was going for them, and I think so. I think we'll we'll let them off. Uh, let them off that one. They, they dropped the ball a little bit, but um, you know, they had like what? Um, and they got dunked on on the home turf. They did get dunked on on, on the home turf. They had a, a, a hot like two hundred million years run on it. I think that's pretty good. Where where? I mean, it's longer than we've got. <laughs> it's far longer than, we, than we've had, and that we probably will have. Um. <laughs> But yeah, and I was, I was actually looking into the the uh, extinction event. There was a great documentary that was on um, the other day that I, I caught up on. And uh, just looking at the, the... It was more about finding out... Because the general consensus is big asteroid, boom, slap bang, killed all the dinosaurs, whatever. But it was, this was more about the chain of events that followed that. And um, just a few 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 little little key facts that I um, I didn't you know have, have uh, in my head before. But the ast- asteroid was about nine miles wide. Wow, which is yeah, just phenomenal. Um, and was traveling uh, to the Earth at something like forty thousand miles per hour when it impacted in the Yucatan Peninsula, exploding with the force of ten billion Hiroshima bombs. That's insane. Which is pretty it, it ridiculous. boggles the imagination, doesn't it? I mean, I I can't even imagine a nuclear bomb going off. Never mind. Uh... What did you say? Ten billion of them, all in one. Ten spot. billion of them at once. <laughs> it didn't stand a chance. But there, were, uh, again, another, a great little thing uh, they said in it was it was even though nine kilo- nine miles wide is huge, but it's they said the equivalency was like uh, flinging a, a, a grain of sand at a bowling ball. Um, yeah, these guys were doing like deep millions sea, and miles an hour. Yeah, these deep sea uh, they had like a deep sea rig that was digging like um, rocks out of the ground and analyzing it all, all nerd shit, you know. Um, but they, uh, yeah, something like, you know, uh, 1,700 miles away from the impact, um, you know, they were still getting, like, uh, you know, huge firestorms that pretty much covered the entire uh, globe. Within, within seconds, you know, they, they were getting uh, yeah. like mass mass tsunamis and the entire, all, all this, um, like, red hot ash and rock and um, gypsum was, like, vaporized and sent up into the air and within a matter of hours engulfed the entire world and just probably burned the vast majority of all vegetation on the planet just from again one one single event which is uh again a lot of that is all inferred from fossil record but you know that's 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 a truly yeah. biblical cataclysm that you know wouldn't we just can't absolutely and it's it's interesting imagine. to say biblical because obviously the bible describes the apocalypse but it describes it as a very human centric thing it's the end of human it's our life. fault it's, it's that's our, what it's the apocalypse fault means well. it's our fault it's all about us and, you know, it's fire rains from the sky and there's all those kinds of things that are, you know, picked up by people throughout history during things like earthquakes or tsunamis or um, volcanic eruptions. You know, you can see that all of those things that people have lived through in the past and pass on to each other and describe to each other, those things become the stuff of myth and the stuff that goes into the Bible, this description of apocalyptic events and, and horror and, and like you say. But again, it, it mostly comes down to us. Animals and other life aren't really considered, I don't think, in the in the biblical apocalypse. No, they don't really count, I don't think. You know, it's they're, they're just passers, but we, we are the only... Um, creatures with agency in a lot of these um, their tales and mythologies, and everything else is just you know, here along for the uh, along for the ride. Um, but yeah, and, and these things happen a lot. But, you know, there there are tons of these similar events, like the, the events that happened to again block out the sun and cause these firestorms happen when volcanoes erupt. It's just not on 
on the same scale. And um, okay, one, one final thing on, on the um, the KT extinction was they, they theorized that because of the tilt of the Earth, the fact the fact that it landed in shallow sea was like the ultimate reason that it was so such a devastating impact. Like if it had landed in the like deep ocean, there wouldn't have been as much rock to fly up in the air and 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 of course. the plants, etc. Yeah. So given the, the kind of the turn of the Earth, they could have just been a few seconds away from actually not having such a a, a complete destruction of you know seventy odd percent of life on Earth. It was just that fraction of us. All those little tiny um factors coming together yeah when you think about all those tiny little things that that need to happen in in order for something to to strike in that way that that really appeals to our imagination and it starts to you think oh you know what if it was just a second different or what if it was just a a thing different but i'm I'm here to pour a bit of cold piss on that and (laughs) you know that that applies to everything uh, it applies to literally everything that's ever happened yeah Um, and it's like how many tons of those things must must have been a second away from causing big things and, and didn't happen tons of those things you know it works both ways but yeah so that, that gives me a bit of a segue because uh what we're describing is, is a complex series of chain of events and uh one worldview surrounding that is determinism the belief that everything that has happened everything that will happen everything that's happening can all be predicted nobody could have predicted that dr grant would suddenly suddenly jump out of a moving vehicle there's uh, another example. <laughs> See, here I'm now by myself uh, uh, talking to myself. That's, that's chaos theory. If we understood the full chain of cause and effect, because everything is the product of cause and effect, if we were able to understand the full relationship of cause and effect in th- through everything, we would be able to predict every single outcome and also everything that's ever happened. So we would have ultimate sort of godlike knowledge. And there's a really great little show about this idea um, based on sort of a Silicon Valley algorithm company or whatever uh, called Devs. Uh, so I encourage you to check that out and I won't, I won't spoil it too much uh, other than what I've already done here. Um, maybe we can talk about it some other time. But go and check it out if you haven't. But Predictions can be a tricky thing, and uh, one guy who thought he'd had the ultimate prediction uh, of when the end of the world would happen was a Christian radio show host called Harold Camping. Um, So he actually predicted the rapture and judgment day would take place on May 21st, 2011. Oh, we missed Um, it. Fuck. We missed it. (laughs) Shit. God damn it. I know. I I don't even know where I was at that day. I was like, probably like... How old was I? Uh, young years old. Really much young Ten man. years younger than I am today, in fact. Oh my gosh. Um, but the point was that um, he did a complex series of stupid equations based on biblical like mentions of like words and dates that were in the Bible. He essentially just added them all up, jumbled them up, mixed them up, turn it all around, shake it in a glass and throw it on the floor. And he was like, right, that's the date. Uh, and he, he was the head of a Christian radio group. Um, like he had a whole media empire, you know, it's this sort of mini Richard, uh, no, mini Rupert Murdoch kind of of the Christian radio show world. So he had a huge amount of media influence and he was able to push this idea out basically across the entirety of the United States. And um, a lot of people believed him, a lot of a lot of Christians, a lot of, you know, good good Christian people in America, they, they were like, okay, well, it's obviously going to happen. And some people took him so seriously that they actually like sold all their belongings, they maxed out all the credit cards, they spent all of their earthly money to rent out billboards uh, in major cities to try and spread the message and get other people to be aware of what was happening. And he had it predicted down to the very minute at 6pm local time. Um, and of course, the media got swept up in it and uh, covering the story and uh, everyone kind of got a bit giddy about it. And, you know, eventually the, the date did roll around and, um, yeah, it didn't didn't happen. Uh, spoiler alert, but the world didn't end. And he was forced to kind of go back and, and check his math. And then he came up with a new date. Okay, and this one was right um, then, I guess, this time. Yeah, it was like it. a few months later, yeah, yeah. and few, some some people did believe him on that one. But by that point, you know, you kind of he kind of blew it after the first after the first misreaction. But I can't honestly believe. Oh, sorry, I can't honestly like know what it feels like to to believe something that strongly to think that the world was going to end. I mean, I've had dreams where the world has ended, and like I used to have a recurring dream when I was younger that the, the, the world was ending and I was sort of suspended in space and I could see the earth and it was just like sort of crumbling beneath like 
my kind of view and like i always felt like this kind of really horrible like sinking feeling within my stomach because in the dream i knew that there was something i could do to stop it but i just hadn't done it you hadn't and then there was no reason why i hadn't done recycling. it it was just basically like it was almost as if there was a switch that i could have flipped right. to prevent it but for some reason i just hadn't you know it, but there wasn't like a specific thing that it was but i just had this feeling that i hadn't done what i should have done to prevent it and i and, and I, whenever i woke up from that dream the feeling that f horror feeling kind of like stayed with me and a couple of times i actually believed it had happened and i, I kind of got out of bed and i was like sort of just like in a almost like a trance like in pure terror feeling like everything was gone and the world had ended and i was just sort of i remember like touching the walls of my room and thinking like this isn't real like they're gone like everyone's dead and the whole world has ended so i guess maybe I, I do know a little bit kind of what it feels like in terms of like that kind of weird belief and fear but this is you know talked about a, a, a weird nightmare that i had not something which i live throughout my whole life like you know like you know, leading up to an event, you know, imagine feeling like that for like weeks on end and, and sort of believing that that date is coming. Even if you're a Christian and you think, well, I'm going to be spared, it must still take a huge mental toll on you. Yeah, I, I think it, it would do. Um, again, because if you are, if you, if you believe it so much that you are spending your money, you know, buying, I thought you guys said they've maxed the credit cards of course to buy billboards. I thought they were like, we're gonna go on one last party. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> no, they wouldn't be very good Christians, would no, they? No, that's, yeah, that's what I kind of thought. Yeah, but I mean, oh, wouldn't it be good though if you just knew that it was going to be tomorrow or like maybe, give yourself a week or a month or so, you could just have a blast, you know? And, and like, yeah, yeah I mean, how much stuff could you get away with, and and you could escalate it up until that day, you know? Okay, that's a good concept for some sort of like buddy road trip movie. I'm sure, again, I'm sure, sure that film's been probably done. been made. Yeah. Okay, well, if it hasn't, um, this is copyright, um, me and Sam. And yeah, everything we talk about in this podcast is, is copyright, All of our concepts, you know, you can't take them. They're, they're ours, <laughs> intellectual property rights and whatnot. Um, yeah, that's, that's true. And again, we, we're talking about, um, like, religious interpretations of the apocalypse. It always, it's always our fault. or it's, And it's always because we have lost our our divine purity or, or something we, we've strayed f from the light and that's something you see a lot in christianity you know in the, the you know the, um, jesus will return and all the sinners will be uh, dragged down into the depths of hell and all the goods all the good boys will be uh sent up to to join um join the angels and elvis presley in heaven um pretty sure elvis is, is a child molester and isn't in heaven I think he's the, the you know God gives people certain you know because I think you'd want to go to heaven and and you'd want to meet Elvis so do you think God hires like an angel to be an like Elvis an impersonator Elvis person? as like an angel <laughs> yeah or just all the Elvis impersonators in heaven get to be Elvis so all the people who want to meet Elvis in heaven they think they're meeting Elvis the Elvis impersonator gets to do what he loves and no one's any the wiser. And uh, heaven is such an interesting concept as well because it's it's totally means different things to different people, and like what's paradise for one person could be like awful for another. So I, I think heaven must be like a a personal thing, right? You must have your own personal heaven, and it's, like it's almost like a, being plugged into the matrix. Yeah, yeah. It's like if you particularly hate like you know one of your neighbors or whatever, like deep down you wouldn't want them to be in heaven with you you know what if they kept coming over and like you know offering you like a bite of their sandwich or something like that really just winds you up like you would hate that that wouldn't be heaven for you no no but maybe you those those emotions would be taken from you when you went to heaven but would that really be heaven, yeah though? i think i like think the bottomizing exactly you? i think the self the ideal heaven is the self is obliterated and you yeah, there a, is no self because how can I be in heaven when I'm cursed in this meat cage <laughs> that, that I currently yeah, reside what if, in? What if you die? You say I die um, now, age twenty six, whatever. I'm in heaven. I'm a twenty six year old. Fair enough. But if you die like a decrepit old man, do you have to spend the rest of eternity in heaven as that old man? You see films in which people films die would have me believe yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. and that's they? not right. 
But then yeah, I think the ultimate heaven is the is the freedom from the from the corporal form, freedom from physicality, and just ultimate bliss. You know, free from everything, just floating through the cosmos, eternal and full of love, and one with everything and everyone. You know, that that's that's heaven. You should do, release like a, a spiritual guidance cassette tape. You know, with like some trippy music behind, and you can just describe those things. I, yeah. I wouldn't be the first to do that. I, I mean, but I think, you, I think again. you'd do a good job at it. I think you'd be one of those guys that could, you know, you could conjure that world. I was, I was just, I was Stay just tuned now, for the was... next episode of Quaffing Fort, Heaven. <laughs> Hi. And how to get there. <laughs> We're here up in heaven. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, it makes sense. I mean, chronologically, heaven comes after the end of the world, if you've been a good boy. And then we could do a hell episode where we just, like, <laughs> just scream into the microphone for an hour. <laughs> just cackling demons in the background. Yeah, that's good. That's good. But it's not even, like, Christianity, that just Christianity, even, that has has that. I mean, the Abrahamic religions, um, you know, they have the, some sort of rapture because of... Um, degradation society but so even even uh buddhism uh which is all quite nice pc pc nicey nicey um typically is um that also has uh like the same thing there's gonna be there's a rebirth of of the buddha again during a time of utter depravity and degeneracy <laughs> of, of humanity you know where everyone's could be any point in history we've never been that great <laughs> <laughs> and sure there's been plenty of times you know between now and 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 when the buddha died that it, it was at those levels you know and yeah that the, it hasn't hasn't changed at all but yeah because the buddha himself and even the teachings of the buddha himself will be forgotten but that's not going to happen apparently until uh, like five thousand years after his death, so I'm not quite sure. Oh right, okay. When he died, I mean that's that's we got plenty that's of time. Not bad. We've got, yeah, we've got enough time. Things we've got enough time for it to go for it to get a lot worse than it is now. But then also, surely things would be getting better as well at some point. If the Buddha was back, I mean, he would sort a lot of things out. Oh, I that's think. yeah, but I think or it she. has to get that low before he's like, it all right, to, yeah, guys, it's like the darkest before the. Darkest. I'm coming back. Yeah. So maybe he's like it bit ties in with the the Jesus thing. There's a, it's always a re, it's, it's cyclical. And like like you're saying about things being cyc- uh, cyclical earlier. A lot of these um, apocalyptic myths, they do it, it, it's all circular. It's like we get to one point, Jesus, whatever, and then we go nuts, and then Jesus comes back for a rapture. It's like yeah, there has to re- there has to be some sort of return mm. of someone or something like return of Jesus, return of the Jedi. Uh, somehow Palpatine returned, that kind of thing. <laughs> oh yeah. And we predict that Emperor Palpatine will come down in a ball of lightning and save our souls. <laughs> yeah, I'd I, I like that. Um, I was trying to look for um, Native American uh, mythologies and what they have to say about um, uh, Apocalypse. And actually, they seem to be... Uh, it was a cursory Google, um, but they seem to... Most, they had a lot of creation... Um, yes, but they seem to be a fairly optimistic people in that they didn't have a whole lot um, there about the actual end of uh, end of the world. The only thing I could find, again, in, in a cursory Google, was a, a, a Pawnee uh, mythology, which says that at the beginning of the world, there's a large bull buffalo who lives in the sky, and he was uh, placed there by uh, the Lord of all things. And every year, the bull loses one hair. And finally, when the last hair... From the buffalo's body uh, falls down, then the world ends, and in a, in a cloud of meteor showers, uh, which blotting out the sun and, and the moon, uh, much like, of course, the uh, dinosaur extinction. And um, yeah, then the stars in heaven fall down to earth and become people, and the people float back up. People on earth float up and become the stars. So they kind of sw- swap it around, oh, which I think is quite that's nice. That's not too bad. That's a bit like the floating through the cosmos thing, you know. Again, you yeah, or the Lion King, you know. It is like the Lion King. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ever wonder what those sparkly dots are up there? Somebody once told me that the great kings of the past are up there, watching over us. Really? But only my ancestors. Not yours. Yeah, but only the They're white like, people. <laughs> only the, the guys yeah. who are in charge. No, <laughs> only the Norse guys. Only the Norse um, guys. Yeah, but I, I, I quite like yeah, that. It's a nice. I like that. It's a nice one. I mean, the meteor showers and like death and whatever end of the world. That's a bit much. It's a bit, you know, ugh, mm. seems a bit violent. But I wouldn't mind floating up and um, 
I'm becoming a stargate, having my, my sense of self obliterated and becoming a burning gaseous mass in the middle of uh, in, of space. I, I would I could dig that. Again, it's it shows a kind of lofty ambition for human humankind to have a more permanent mark on the, the galaxy and the cosmos than we almost certainly will, other than sending small bits of trash out into space <laughs> probably uh, to deserve, float yeah. endlessly through the void. Um, because obviously our hey, existence the Tesla at the moment model, is just whatever, isn't it? It's nothing but a blip. Trash, okay. <laughs> uh, yes, it's like a nice vehicle. Um, but the the interesting thing that you mentioned there again about the cyclicalness of it um, in terms of Aboriginal cultures or in Indigenous cultures is a good point because, again, when people start to think about things and they think about the place in the world, you know, one of the logical and first questions I imagine anyone asks is, you know, how did it all begin? Where did we come from? You know, how did we get here? And the answers to that have been given through lots and lots of different kinds of myths. But the the common story is a creation myth. So the the earth and everybody and all the planets and everything that exists was created by someone or something. Because we, we have that kind of view, don't we? We we create things, we have a creative mindset, so we think, okay, well obviously something has have to create what we're living through and what we're living on. And then therefore something has to destroy it as well. It's almost like an inevitability. We've always had the sense that our human project doesn't have legs. You know, it can't it can't go on forever. It has a sort of expiry date on it. And I think that's, like you say, maybe, maybe it's just sort of like conjecture here, but it's interesting to hear that Aboriginal cultures or Indigenous cultures of America didn't really have a an end of the world myth and maybe we're completely wrong on this but it's interesting to think that a society which was a bit more harmonious with the land that it was in and didn't didn't you know leave such a horrible impact as we our current society does on the world and isn't didn't cause like massive pollution and everything like that did they didn't really think okay well this is this isn't sustainable or one day it all has to end maybe they thought you know eventually it's just going to refresh and regrow and it's all going to go on forever but we have a very different mindset now we we think you know it has to has to end and that's part of why we're so obsessed with these apocalypse stories because we kind of have a sense that you know this isn't sustainable our lives uh, our lifestyles on the planet you know it can't go on forever we can't last and and that's why we're firing rockets off into space because you know they're, they're looking for a way out aren't they yeah, you know, we'll, um, Papa Musk will send us to Mars, and we can live our lives in a in a in a airless cubicle. There's definitely no version of living on Mars that I would take over living on Earth. Even the most, like, battered Earth, is better than Mars. Uh, like, yeah. if you take Earth and remove ninety percent of the life from it, and that includes all plants, all organisms, and all life. It still has one hundred percent more <laughs> life than Mars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Well, and, and again, they're gonna nuke the ice caps, you know, and create life. I know mean, it just sound, it sounds insane to even imagine doing that, going to Mars for it, and that seems like that's that's when you know all hope is gone. When people are seriously like, well, the Mars plan's coming along well. Like, oh, good. Oh, oh, love. Good to know. The Mars plan's going ahead. Oh, great. We're going to live our lives uh, in, in a barren, rocky wasteland because that apparently is preferable to Earth. I don't know. That d- it doesn't fill me with, with hope. I don't, I'm not very optimistic no, about No, no. I'm not a space guy. Um, I'm more of an Earth guy, I've got to say. Yeah. I'd visit Mars, though, if I had a chance to go for, like, a, um, a week and walk around and, and pick pebbles up off the ground. I'd, I'd go to Mars, but I wouldn't. Would you go like on a, on a three year round trip? That I'm assuming you mean if if you could go there for the weekend. Or something. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just boop, off to Mars, have a look around, see what they know, and then come back to. See, I would, I would rather if I if I could just like visit any of the planets in the solar system. Um, I, I well, I say any planets in the solar system. How do you pick? But um, Venus has always appealed to me. Oh, um, okay. Like I, I've seen a picture Venus. of Venus. Yeah, I, know what you mean. I think they they did send a thing to Venus and they took a picture. And like it just looks so cool. I mean, it, it looks so horrible. It's just basically a rocky wasteland covered in like yellow gas, and like th- I don't know. It just looks hella cool to me. Like Mars is like it's not as moody, you know. I guess Mars it's not is as moody bit, as Venus. Yeah, it's like the moon but bigger. Yeah, and more red. Yeah, yeah it's just but there. Yeah, there's no like cool. Yeah, swirling clouds of 
of, of deadly poison in the atmosphere. It's just sort of... Yeah, we're, we're kind of getting off topic here and talking <laughs> about planets, but I mean, like, they're cool. They are cool. Like Jupiter, the, the size of the storm on that planet that's, like, bigger than our entire planet. Raging and it's just been the, raging yeah. for, like, hundreds of thousands of years. It's like, that, that really puts things into perspective, I guess, like, you know. Like next time you get a herpes outbreak, just think about Jupiter and this it's never ending fury. And you might feel a little bit like less hot and bothered down there. I don't yeah. know. Maybe try some lotion and stop 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 scratching it constantly. Of course. I mean but the thing is if we do go there, there may be again rare elements that we haven't discovered yet, and those things could possibly be used to treat um your your herpes <laughs> you just go to jupiter and your herpes is instantly cured oh my god it's like the, we've we've not cracked it until now it's like god is just like man i really uh, put all this stuff together and i thought they'd be on jupiter by now <laughs> like i really thought that they would get to jupiter sooner than like you know they would invent herpes cream i don't know why but like something something's gone in my like calculations still each other herpes and they've not even got to jupiter yet yeah, I know. Yeah, he's like my other dimensions are doing great. <laughs> my other simulations, they're going fine. Um, but yeah, um, God, no, don't don't send me up to Mars, please. I don't want to go, Daddy. Um, but going back to the again talking about Aboriginal people and of course the nature of the apocalypse, they may not have had um, that much of an apocalypse myth, but they certainly got a, a first-hand experience uh, of an apocalypse at the hands of of. You know, various colonizers and settlers and you know it, it, americans do tend to it tends to be mainly americans that um imagine themselves in a in a world post-apocalypse and also i guess yeah and the australians as well but these are all countries mm. that you know the, the america is a post-apocalyptic nation you know as is australia it's it was once inhabited by a certain people um who are now well not not dead yeah, but they are destroyed really. yeah pretty much their, their, their culture has been destroyed the culture certainly well i mean in terms of the way of life i guess that they yeah, used to rely yeah. on. i mean the cu- the culture i guess is more of a an ongoing thing but it's more of an but definitely the, they're, they're, the old way of life that's yeah. in reservations you know and they've got terrible problems with alcoholism both in the native american and in aboriginal uh, society because it wasn't a thing that they they'd had before yeah. as, as much you know it, yeah, it just inf- brought that along they with can us. be sort of preserved but it's not you know, they're they're almost. It's like the Malcolm X thing. You know, they've, they've one of the things that. which I um I heard about in when else I was in Australia, um, speaking about um the Aboriginal uh, massacres and everything, the genocide that went on, um, was the uh, fact that when human beings first arrived, oh sorry, fucking hell, when uh, the Western people first arrived into Australia, uh, it wasn't all at once. You know, it wasn't an all-out invasion. So it was almost like, you know, a very small start, like the small kind of tipping of a stone that starts an avalanche. So there was a few contacts here and there, you know, a few ships came in, there's a port started, you know, around that port, there's a, there's a colony starting to, to spring up and all that sort of stuff. It, you know, we can tend to think of it as almost as if, like, well, at least I used to tend to think of it as if one day they all just showed up riding the horses shooting the guns and basically just massacred everybody and they were like right this is ours now but it's definitely not and in the case of america as well it was a very slow process which involved lots of individual massacres uh on a you know stretched out period of time but australia being the huge and vast wide open place that it is um people were pretty uh from the west were, were pretty slow to to expand across the the desert the central desert of australia and when they first arrived they were confined to the the coasts uh, as they still are in the main populations of australia now confined to the coasts uh, but as uh, as people are wont to do when they colonize a new country they, they like to bring animals with them and uh, one guy uh, in particular had an enormous area of land on australia uh, and he was a colonizer and a westerner and he, he was a bit bugged out because when he was in Australia, um, he didn't have anything to shoot. You know, he was like wanting to shoot <laughs> some stuff. But he, he he was like, oh, you know, whatever. He didn't like shooting kangaroos. Maybe they were too quick for him. He liked to shoot rabbits. So he had uh, 500 or so rabbits, I think, brought over on a boat from uh, Europe. And uh, he let them loose in his grounds. 
and uh, rabbits being rabbits, they spread like an absolute motherfucker and plagued their way across Australia. Um, so they actually reached central parts of Australia and more remote central Damn, that's parts incredible, of Australia though. before what a, what... uh, the colonizers did, before they even got wind that uh, people from another nation had arrived in their country. All of a sudden, the people, native people who lived in the... Uh, central parts of Australia for generations upon generations. You know, you're talking, they had a 60,000 year old culture. All of a sudden, these animals that they've never seen and never had anyone describe to them and have no reference point for whatsoever just fucking show up one day and they just, you know, start noticing them everywhere. Uh, and then soon after that, then come the people, you know, and it's almost like the rabbits were kind of the harbingers of the apocalypse for them. It was something so new and unexpected, but following it came annihilation. I gotta say props to the rabbits because that's a very difficult. Um... I mean, it took years, obviously. Yeah, exactly. But like, I well done to rabbit. I mean, obviously not not so great you know, introducing an invasive species. But I gotta say, the humble rabbit, which is more used to more temperate climates, you know, doing well in in somewhere that's that's as you know, arid and uh, unforgiving as the Australian outback. I just I just got some more mad respect then now for uh, for the humble lupine. Yeah, rabbits um, certainly uh, know how to fill a niche when when there is one. Yeah, well done. Uh, to be filled. Well done, guys. Um, but yeah, and and again, you know, it's these these kind of these kind of cultures. We it's it's the closest that we have at the moment to seeing, you know, to an actual apocalyptic event that we can we can find and point out to but yeah it wasn't an instant thing again like i say it wasn't that you know people came over to america and just immediately carpet bombed the entire indigenous population you know it was a it was a process of of, of, of general slaughter and enslavement and um you know just just the the slow wheels of genocide turning that um you know that eventually wiped it all out and in in the ruins of, of this much like you might have instead of people living in bombed out shelters you know um in, in the ruins of a previous civilization people now you know build skyscrapers and you know, yeah. sit watching friends on their you know eating microwave dinners just in the ruins <laughs> of uh, once you know um another another story um about culture. um uh, colonialization and the kind of apocalyptic fear and uh, well feeling that it, it carries along with it it was um, in the Spanish um, conquistadors came to South America first um, the indigenous people could see obviously the boats coming and the boats sort of like floating on the ocean but because they had absolutely no reference point to them for them whatsoever you know imagine just like one day Huge you galleon, see a boat yeah. You've never seen a boat before in your life. You've never seen any kind of vehicle, really, other than, you know, rudimentary carts or whatever. And all of a sudden, the Spanish galleon fleet of, like, enormous boats with sails and everything shows up on the coast. Guys shiny arm. You know, they have absolutely no reference point for it whatsoever. Um, you know, and then all of a sudden, a bunch of guys jumped off these things and started killing them. And it's, it's shown quite well in the Mel Gibson movie, Apocalypto. Um, where like right at the end of the film all of a sudden a bunch of colonizers just show up and just start blasting everybody with cannons and it just comes out of nowhere which is a brilliant, brilliant part of the movie. It's strange coming from Mel Gibson but I give him a, that is an incredible movie um, Yeah, and yeah props to that, yeah because they've just it's like the, not to spoil but there's been a, a huge event you know that these guys are trying to escape from you know being sacrificed at some yes and it's like a tribal, tribal apocalypse, apocalypse. It? yeah because yeah, yeah. like one tribe is essentially way more technologically advanced and civilized civilization advanced than the other aren't they and they they basically start killing them for fun and then all of a sudden a bunch of other guys sure. show up <laughs> start killing them for fun no that is it's very it's a super powerful moment yeah where they run out onto the beach and they see the galleons there and then it's like oh you know, that's it. That's, I got to say that that film is incredible, and again, amazing practical effects in that film. Yeah, it's all they're in the jungle. They're filming. It's all done in, um, like the authentic language. There's it was just with subtitles. It's a very, it's a proper passion of the Christ passion. You know, project. Um, yeah, I need to. I've only seen that once. I will. I will need to. Yeah, I need that. to rewatch. Yeah, no, I was thinking about that literally the other day as well. Uh, it's terrific. You bit with those getting chased by like a leopard at, at some point. 
yeah that's yeah cool. that's, that's really it's a really cool film um yeah again not to <laughs> not to go too too much on uh on those kind of films but yeah you know it's it, it's apocalypse and, and destruction even though society back in the victorian times etc was um you no know, again with the mary shelley book a bit squeamish you know about publishing these kind of things they, they had no qualms about actually going out and doing it and, and yeah. benefiting from the um you know the spoils yeah exactly that's like right during the time of like the british empire isn't it really yeah it's like oh let's see if we can't we couldn't possibly uh they publish and plagues as well yeah exactly but the idea that some technologically advanced race or people will suddenly arrive one day and start wrecking our shit is is definitely a, a story that we've seen many times in the form of alien invasion movies if we look at alien invasion movies and try and see them on the same lens as, you know, the Spanish conquistadors or the Americans arriving in the big ships to the to the new uh, new world and taking it over with guns, we can look at films like you know Independence Day uh, or uh, War of the Worlds and things like that that have an alien race showing up with a incomprehensibly powerful technology which they use to then immediately start to subjugate and destroy uh, the human race on Earth with the intention of either wiping us out or taking us as slaves or whatever it is that the aliens in those films intend to do. But then, obviously, with it being Hollywood and being American, you know, we always find a way, or human beings, Americans specifically, always find a way to, to beat back the alien invasion, to somehow use their human spirit and courage to outsmart the aliens' superior technology and and triumph at the end uh like an independence day is it's a brilliant plan that they have they upload a, a computer virus to the uh alien spaceship and they uh use that to defeat them uh, because you know it just it just works like jeff goldblum makes it happen and uh it's an amazing amazing film but um <laughs> just the, the, in a the realistic alien captain sense, on like, the screen he's like fire the missiles presses the button and he's on the screen. Uh, 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 you didn't say the magic word it uh, almost uh, is uh, exactly uh, that. Really? Say, yeah. <laughs> Please! God damn it! Hate this hacker crap! But instead of it being the missiles that disable, they disable their shields. Ah, oh, um, okay. So that the human beings can nuke them. Can, again, throw uh, the nukes at them. Again, uh, counter yeah. one apocalypse with another apocalypse. I like it. Fight fire with fire. Absolutely. Sorry, you, were you going somewhere else? Sorry, before I rudely Not really. I mean, I'm just saying that, like... Like I say, it's always it's always there in our in our imagination, our subconscious, the fear that somehow what we've done to others will happen to us. Mm. Uh, you know, the apocalypse will be revisited upon us in a, in a circular sense. I think one film I really really enjoy uh, that deals with this, but from the other end, is the James Cameron's Avatar, um, which I think has it. While it's a goofy and, and hokey film, I feel like it's it does have that just the right um thematically i think it's absolutely spartan in that it is it's the humans who are the technologically advanced you know uh culture that is invading another planet and they're just sucking its resources dry and you know it, it's down to the the will of the people to come together and overcome you know this external threat and i do think that's um uh that's a good one on the, on the other side that doesn't paint you know, humanity and and again specifically America again because like I said in Independence Day it's America that saves the day it's all very you know American centric yeah. whereas you know in the Avatar thing um it's it's again going back to to, to saying that you're cheering at the end when they when all the American soldiers get like squashed by the stampeding beast or whatever you know you're like hell yeah guys that's great um which is it's a good you know interesting new um yeah you know, new spin on that uh, on that whole thing. Yeah, technology um, is always like a, a feature in these films as well, uh, or in these stories, apocalyptic stories. Obviously, Y2K, that was a huge oh, yes. apocalyptic fear. Um, very laughable now that we look back on it, but presented a very real and, and potential danger for, for things to happen. It Obviously, did fuck some shit up as well. It did, like... it did fuck a small amount of yeah. shit up, not very much. And uh, I think some... Actually, there was a Y2K kind of thing happened in 2020, um for some computers or something oh, really? like there was some uh, archaic system that was being used and it only the date only went up to 2019 or something so when it rolled up to 2020 they they just like hadn't updated it they or also didn't it think that yeah human society would have lasted that long you know <laughs> yeah they're all they, they all <laughs> they're fo- like i oh, just said it sometime in the future they're yeah, all yeah, followers like, of that um christian radio guy 
Um, it's like when you put off a dentist appointment, they're, <laughs> they're like, oh, can you come back, uh, you know, next year? And you're like, well, if I, if I have any fucking teeth left by then, I'll, I'll be right there, sunshine. But I doubt it. Uh, like, I've had my dentist call me, like, fucking every six months for the past two years and say, oh, can you not come, like, until later? I don't even know when my dentist appointment is anymore. Oh, so he's I'm, telling it, you. It could be tomorrow for you all to I fucking come. know. Well, yeah, because of the pandemic and everything. They're like, oh, you know, we can't take any patients for the next year. So can you come back later? It could be any time. Meanwhile, your teeth are just blank. rotting out of your mouth. I only have four left. <laughs> uh, and I don't know where they are. Some sort of gummy crone. <laughs> I come back with one tooth. It's like, what the It's fuck? like a baby tooth. Like, this tooth is in perfect condition. <laughs> I just have one pristine tooth. <laughs> Yeah, I'll take that one, one, one eight-star tooth. El Champarino, yeah, exactly. El Champarino. Damn. Well, yeah. I mean, the world is ending, and we are in, in the final apocalypse. We're in the uh, Anthropocene. <laughs> we gotta get that like over the over the star. I don't know if it's licensed music. Yeah, and I mean, again, apart from preparing, because people have said that the reason the dinosaurs died out was because they didn't have a space program, which I think is a fun quote. <laughs> yeah, I fucking hate that quote. <laughs> and so you, people, of course, are, are aware. We've had various, you know, the Nostradamus thing. We've had, you know, Greta Thunberg and scientists for years and years telling us that hey, we should. We should change, much like the sinners. We need to change our ways in order to avoid um, the apocalypse. So, yeah. you know, don't worry, Sam. There is a plan in hand. And this is the uh, the, the theory of... Um, oh, I forgot the guy's name. Mr. Schwab, a, a German man. The guy who founded... The, <laughs> Schwab. <laughs> uh, Klaus Schwab, that's it. Who founded the World Economic Forum. And uh, it's uh, they are there bringing about what they term the Great Reset which is... Um, oh, I keep seeing this as, like, you know those ads on websites? I've seen them as like well, really, yeah. Really, really, like, don't... You, you know, it's just, something in your mind just means that you're never going to click them. Mm. It's like those ones that are, like, such a bodies in your area are planning their own funerals, and there's, like, an old person holding, like, <laughs> the 400 pounds in cash, <laughs> and they've got, like, thumbs oh, up or whatever, and it's like... Yeah, exactly. Like, people in Lancashire, like, are making lots of funeral plans with this weird <laughs> trick that doctors hate and we're planning for a mass penis. die-off coincidentally the great <laughs> reset is on its way <laughs> it's just like it's in those ad slots the, the very dodgy ad yeah, slots yeah. that you see at the bottom of i the did click ad, one though like disguised as yeah i, I clicked them sometimes i did i did click the great reset because i'd heard of it beforehand and i'd heard of it from like sort of the conspiracy kind of... I just assumed it was something that people, conspiracy nutters, were like, oh, they're doing the Great Reset. They're I was like, okay, it's like that Agenda 21 uh, nonsense. Yeah, the New World. Yeah, New World, World yeah, so blah, blah. So but no, the World Economic Forum is literally saying, we are doing the Great Reset. It's, no, it's not a conspiracy. It's a, it's a plan that they have. And it, um, it centers around. There's a video. Those are the worst kind of conspiracies <laughs> where they just admit to it straight off. This, <laughs> it's like, this is our evil plan, and we're going to do it. It's just like, well, that's no fucking plan. You're supposed to deny it's it. To, yeah, exactly. But everything they talk about, it's all very vague. You, if you try and pin down the specifics of what they want to do, you can't find it. You know, it's always like, oh, it'll be a great new opportunity for business people, and like, kind of, you know, they talk about. Moving over to what they call stakeholder capitalism, which I think is, is marvelous. You know, yeah, they're saying things like, "Oh, well, we we are excessively consuming and consuming and consuming, and we are producing far more than we than we than we possibly could need." And the amount of you know stuff that gets thrown away, and the amount of useless tat that gets produced, and all that kind of stuff. You know, need to change. What do we need? We need a different kind. We need we need um yeah stakeholder capitalism. You know, in, in what instead. is stakeholder? I'd, I'd, well, they say that's what they want on the on the on the forums, but they they, they don't don't quite deign to define it. However, they did release a video that um re, a while ago, which lists out the the, the bullet points of their plan to stop the coming uh, apocalypses. So uh, point all right, hit me. Yeah, point number one, I'll breeze through these. Some of them more interesting. Point number one, you will own nothing and be happy. Um, and you will I'm on be board so far. And you will be happy. Uh, <laughs> they're telling you this. Um, well, I mean, if I don't have a choice, then <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be like we happy few with, with the pills. But they, they seem to envision yeah. like a, every, you just rent everything, like literally everything in your life, you you rent, you know. I mean, we're getting close. Well, exactly, that. yeah. But it's like I'm gonna have 
you know, a pie tonight, so I'm going to rent a pie dish for the day, and that costs me 30 pence or whatever, and I'm going to have to, and then I need to hand it back, you know, it's all delivered by a drone, that kind of stuff. Oh, a drone's going to do that. I mean, that's, it sounds kind of inconvenient. Does, well, I guess you wouldn't have to do any washing up. Yeah, I mean, that, that could work, yeah, you know, who does... Washing up companies are furious with them. Yeah. <laughs> They're not on board with the great news. No. <laughs> but again, it says you will own nothing. Okay, but who, like, but that's like going, it's like going to a laundromat or whatever for, you know, for a washing machine. But, yeah, but who owns yeah. the theatrical utilities you know in this scenario oh right so there's somebody on the other side of this u isn't there exactly yeah that's and and, and the rest of the points well. do seem to kind of have there's um again the u.s won't be the world's leading superpower but that's fine They'll be the, yeah um which kind of i guess sort of predicts some sort of fractional um conflict between you know like some sort of uh chinese superpower like a european block in america so it's, it's saying they're going to be you know Try to dress up nice. Yeah, well, thank God we're around. Thank God we're out of that, that, that world, world, yeah. Uh, something about printing organs and eating less meats, you know, it's fine. Uh, a billion people displaced by climate change. Now, that's an apocalyptic predi- prediction, and that's by 2030. That's that's a genuine prediction. That's a genuine again, prediction, that's, yeah. But again... That's that's probably going to happen. It doesn't say what those people will be doing, but I imagine they'll be the ones operating the washing machines and... And attaching things to the drones that send off to our, uh, our nice houses. Okay. I imagine they've got a plan for that. So, so basically, the the plan is when climate change displaces like most of the southern hemisphere, we just enslave them all, and then we give give away all of our staplers and like tea bags to like megacorp, and they they rent us back. <laughs> they rent them as back at a reasonable rate. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't sound it doesn't sound great. There's something about going to Mars again. Like we've met, we've covered that point already. Again, we're already doing it's that. Bad idea. I mean, is this just describing stuff that's happening? I, this this I, great I reset. I kind of think because, so. Like, but it's a plan that's been maybe they're a, maybe they're ahead of the curve. Maybe their plans already. Well, in that's, this has been going on for. It's not a new thing. They've only recently sort of announced it and bought all those adverts. You know. Um, well, you can't just like describe current events and then say it's part of your plan. What have they actually done? <laughs> it's like I could say, you know, it's sunny outside. Yeah, they're just Sam. think tank. You're welcome. Yeah, they're just think tank guys. You know, and I know what you mean. It's not like it's a um, this is something that's going to happen. But you know, the people who've spoken on these videos are um, like people in you know, or spoken on, uh, on like um, they've got a podcast about the Great Reset, which I have not listened to. But it's people who, like I think Prince Charles was on one talking about. You know, it's people who were in the. I don't know whether it's a, it could be a grift, but it seems a little a little sinister. Um, the one I, I like a lot is a attacks on carbon. Why would they Great. take out ad space? Why why would they? They're preparing us for it, Sam. They are conditioning us so that when it happens, when the Great Reset happens, we are already we're already on board. We've already, we're already subscribed, subscribed for six ninety nine. You know, again, point number seven: a, a, a lifetime supply of fuel will be delivered uh, every month to your door. <laughs> All food oh. will be replaced with yeah. fuel, and you will be happy. And uh, again, the final point... You will <laughs> eat nothing but fuel, and you, and you will, will happy. be happy. Yeah, exactly. That's the kind of language of it. Um, again, final point, last one. It just says, Western values will be tested to their breaking point. Already happy. Yeah, and, and I mean, define Western values. I mean, that is that maybe because... Western values are... Um, we like... To wear our fursuits to the mall <laughs> and uh, shit in our diapers and watch Harry Potter uh, whilst um, thinking about the babysitter. No, and um, actually, no, um, because what we mentioned earlier about those billion slaves that are going to be coming over after displaced by climate change, I guess... Wh- I'll put up a welcome that's, that, that's Western values, if, if anything. Slavery... That's pretty. That's as Western as you can probably get. You know, ex- exporting <laughs> your your labor to a a disadvantaged, you know, exploited population. That's pretty good. So maybe it's saying that you know, don't join the rebels because it you know who are who will never don't join the rebel faction who will be against doing this because who will inevitably become a slave. Yeah, yeah, because this is you know this is the way of the world. This is Western values. Okay, and we like Western values. So. Just, just thought I'd, I'd, I'd bring that to your attention again. I can't find out what it means to talk about doing, you know, making a more. So they have they set a date, or uh, no. is it just like an ongoing oh, process? It's a project, and you know, you can't if you pin down exactly exactly what they mean, you can't find anything like that on on any website. I've got to say though, it do, it does just seem to be like them taking credit for like stuff that's just already happening, and they're just like, yeah, this is what's going to happen, and like we are like involved somehow. It's like you know, I could say that. 
You could, yeah, you could do. I mean, let, let's like I could, I could read about good. current events, describe them to you, and say it's all going according to my plan, <laughs> and uh, you wouldn't really be able to prove me wrong. And I would be right on board. I would be the your first follower in this new cult, this new doomsday cult um, that you'd be setting. In fact, you said maybe maybe we'll talk about this after the podcast. You know, if you need someone to a subservient, you know, um, <laughs> uh, worm tongue uh, creature, a worm tongue esque yeah. character. Yeah. So to, to you know, only if you shave your eyebrows. I'll shave my eyebrows and I'll rub your bunions um, after a hard day of riding around on your your rat um, colony uh, that you'll be uh, breeding again post post this this reset. But I thought that was interesting. I really feel like say it does come down to it, and and the asteroids on the way or the or the, or the, the sea levels are right. Noah's flood again. You know, it, it comes for us all. You know, I'd, yeah, I'd, I'd accept. I'd accept the um, the crowd accept a little reset. Again, we need a reset, but maybe um, maybe not that kind of of reset. I'm not. I'm not against the idea of a great reset. I just don't think they've quite diagnosed the problem. Yeah, I mean, they've basically described the kind of current trajectory, and it's not best case scenario. No. Is it and it's really? it's a, it's, a, it's yeah. kind of like a. It's it's a grim, if but not completely unbelievable prediction. It's like it will be pretty much the same as now, but just a bit worse. Is there? Is yeah, that's I mean, anyone can. Dis- that, that's probably how I'm going to describe the rest of the years of my life. Uh, you know, like that's what my prediction was for 2021, and uh, so far it's it's coming true. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for 2022 will be pretty much the same as this year, but a little bit a little worse. Bit worse. Um, and if you know, if you're listening to this in 2022, um, you can, you can at us uh, on Twitter if if we're still alive, and tell us if it's better or worse. Um, you can at us at uh, Quaffcast and um, and and tweet at us and say, hey, please, 2022 is not so bad. You know, I I, I got my dick sucked through a cage. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. It is me, Mad Max, the Tom Hardy version. Good thing I saved all of the quaffing port episodes to my iPod Nano before the world ended. My only regret is that I can no longer follow the Quaffcast on Twitter and Instagram. Hey are you gonna finish the two-headed lizard? I am very hungry. Mmm crunch crunchy delicious reptile. Anyway I have to go now and drive a cool car really fast into an electric sandstorm. Goodbye. <laughs>